Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts, bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Well, again, good morning. And on behalf of the Chapel of the Cross, happy 2021. We pray that this new year will be blessed by God for you, your family, and our world. Today is a rare occurrence, a second Sunday in Christmas. As we all know, Christmas is a season, not one day, and today is the 10th day of Christmas. I hope your lords are all rested up for their leaping. And then the Christmas season ends on Tuesday. But because of the alignment of the calendar, we usually don't get two Sundays in the Christmas season, and we don't hear these readings, the story of the Holy Family's flight into Egypt very often. So let's take this opportunity to study this passage from Matthew's second chapter for a moment and explore what it might be saying to us in 2021. The nativity play is over. The angels, the shepherds, the wise ones from afar, all have left. And like a pair of young parents with their first baby, they are entirely alone. Well, not exactly. An angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream and says, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. King Herod, the Roman puppet, paranoid and in charge of Palestine, is afraid of the wise one's prophecy that this baby would become a king. So in one of the great atrocities of history, Herod kills all the babies in a slaughter known as the Holy Innocents. But Jesus escapes, thanks to the angel, and whose parents were wise enough to listen. And so they escape into Egypt, and their flight is memorialized right here on our campus, that statue of Mary holding the baby Jesus between the chapel of the cross and the parish hall that is called, that is titled, The Flight into Egypt. And if you look closely at that statue, Mary is not standing demurely, but she is striding, carrying her beloved baby boy out of danger. And the Holy Family shelter in Egypt does not only provide physical distance from Herod's paranoid, murderous rampage, but it speaks to the prophecies of the Messiah. The prophet Hosea speaks in his 11th chapter, out of Egypt I have called my son. Moreover, there is a deliberate connection here between Jesus and Moses, 
Moses was the great liberator who led the Hebrews out of slavery, the great leader who led Israel through the wilderness to the promised land, and the great lawgiver who articulated God's loves and hopes for how his people would organize their lives. And Jesus was cut from the very same cloth, liberator from the slavery of sin and death, leader of his apostles and disciples, and perfecter of the law. The parallels between Moses and Jesus are strong in this gospel of Matthew. Then when Herod dies, the angel returns to Joseph and instructs him to return to Israel, but not to Joseph's home, but to a town called Nazareth in the district of Galilee, again fulfilling the words of the prophets. Galilee is a land of Gentiles, according to the fourth chapter of Matthew. And Michael Curry, our presiding bishop, expanded my nature of understanding the nature of Galilee. He said, scholars and archaeologists tell us that the region of Galilee, particularly lower Galilee, where most people lived, included a diverse mix, Palestinian and Hellenistic Jews, Gentiles of Roman, Greek, and Palestinian origin, wealthy landowners, and the first century equivalent of sharecroppers. It was an ethnically and economically diverse place. And out of that melting pot of souls, Jesus called his first disciples. So obviously there's a lot going on in our gospel reading this morning. A lot about the past, a lot about the present, and a lot about the future. But what does all of this say to us 2,021 years later? For one, it speaks of God's faithfulness. In the Gospel of Matthew, the story of Jesus' birth contains nothing of the cherished Christmas story we love from Luke. No census, no Bethlehem, no angels, no shepherds, no stable. Just a mother, a father, a baby, and their dreams. Not that those things didn't happen, they just aren't recorded in Matthew. And that says something. That despite all the odds stacked against them, from the social mores of the day to a murderous king, God was with this little family and protected them and delivered them. And God's faithfulness to each and every one of us is no less powerful. Through the ravages of the past year, we have been delivered, and the end is in sight. And then God calls to us, as he did to that ragtag group of folks Jesus had to work with in his home region of Galilee. No nobles, no people with the right name or the right uh, ancestors, no folks with a lot of coin to throw around but just ordinary, damaged, trying to just get by folks like you and me. And upon that foundation, Jesus built the church. The Reverend Howard Thurman, one of the great leaders of the 20th century church, wrote a poem that seems appropriate to share on this second Sunday of Christmas. It's titled, Now the Work of Christmas begins. When the song of the angels is stilled, 
When the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among the people, to make music in the heart. Today, on this second Sunday of Christmas, we have witnessed God's faithfulness through the flight into Egypt and their return to Israel, as well as God setting the stage for Jesus' adult ministry. And both of those speak to us and to our lives in this place and time. May we, too, have the wisdom and peace of mind to hear God's call, to answer with boldness, and whoever we are, to do the work of God in God's world. Amen.